What is up, New York sports fans? I'm Zach, here with my co-host Nick, with another episode for you guys. Nick, how you doing today? Zach, I'm doing good. Um, a lot going on in the New York sports world the last few days, and a lot to talk about, which I'm excited to jump right into. A lot has gone on, that is for sure. The Mets struggling a little bit. Dude, struggling is an understatement for you guys. Well, they've lost five of their last six now, including back-to-back losses against the Marlins, which is a team they should be beating up on if they want to keep this division lead. Zach, you were very cocky about not losing the division lead. Now you're only a game and a half. The, the lead is slipping. Right the lead now. is slipping, especially the way they're playing. Michael Conforto is hitting under 200 right now, and they have obviously huge issues with the starting pitching. And um, the Phillies are hot. I mean, yeah, the Phillies are hot. Rich Hill obviously was a good addition for them. Uh, he's a veteran with uh, he's he was having a good season, ninety five innings and nineteen starts before coming to the Mets. Uh, he also has a good postseason background, so if they do make it to the postseason, he's got a pretty good resume there with twelve starts and a three point oh six ERA. Injuries have really been what's hurting the Mets recently. Looking at it, he lost to Grom for you don't even know how long he's going to be out for, right? Yeah, that's a big setback for them. And then. Um, Lindor's obviously out for a while as well, too, which hurts. Yeah, but I do like them signing a Javi Baez. Javi Baez will fill that shortstop role nicely, and having him uh, and McNeil in that infield, especially when Lindor comes back, Lindor and a Javi Baez, that's probably the best middle infield defensively in honestly, the National League. Honestly, though, you got to worry about lovers. Your pitching coming back because you're very thin at pitching right now. I don't even know who's we are in the rotation thin. right now. Rich well, Carrasco's back now. We got Rich Hill. But Rich Hill should be a fourth, fifth man in your Jared rotation. Jared Eikhoff is someone I'm, I don't trust. Uh, McGill is someone I can trust. He struggled his last time out, but his first couple starts looked pretty good. But we need to we need to ground back and hopefully Syndergaard will come back too and hopefully he'll come back and be pitching well. They don't know anything on uh, Degrom's timeline right now, correct? They're thinking early September. But I heard that's even a question mark now too. And if you don't have Degrom back, you may as well just, as Hallie Rose would say, put it in the books for the season. Yeah, it'll be tough for them to compete without <laughs> their ace on the mound. <laughs> And their bats got to get going. They're not scoring runs. Well, hasn't that been the last loss to the Marlins? Four runs before that. Three runs, then one run, four run, two runs. I'm looking through their last few games. The Mets bats have not been going. They but, they they've struggled with the bat all season long. Yeah, that's been a problem for them. But wait a minute, I feel like I've been hearing this story all season that the Mets don't bats haven't been going. I feel like I've been hearing that for the last three years. That's fair, too. I've been hearing that, too. That for the last three years, the Mets have struggled with a bat. Not good. Speaking of adding some good bats, the Yankees had a couple big bats to break up uh, that right-hand dominant lineup. They got a couple um, nice lefties to bat in well, Yankee Stadium. Let's go with the one that we knew was going to happen or that we knew was a very good chance of happening, and that was Joey Gallo. We knew he'd be good on the power trade hitter. deadline, a lefty in the lineup, and you know they need another outfielder because they were struggling with throwing – 40-year-old Brett Gardner out there every day, even though they still are. But he, Joey Gallo, fits Yankee Stadium perfectly. There was a stat about how a bunch of balls he hit would have been home runs in Yankee Stadium. So, you know, it was predictable that he was going to come out there and that there was a good chance the Yankees were going to go for him and get a trade for him. And 
The one that really surprised me has so far been the best acquisition for them has been Anthony Rizzo. No one saw that one coming. That I just remember seeing that notification out of nowhere saying they got Rizzo. And Rizzo's now homered in three of his four games, four of his five games as a Yankee so far. And, you know, that's actually been a huge acquisition. And, you know, when you get Luke Voigt back now as well, that's another power hitter in the lineup. So, you know, they're going to have a very deep lineup now all of a sudden when they start to get fully healthy again. And they can make a run. They're a game and a half right now behind Boston, who did get Kyle Schwarber, well, who I, who I so do like. When this is what's exciting. When his bat is hot, he is, he is a good hitter. So this is what's exciting about the Yankees right now as well is they are six and a half out of the American League East, which is still Tampa's the beginning be tough of to August is going to be – is still not out of the question. And they just took two or three from Tampa. And the Red Sox have been slipping recently. But now they're only a game and a half out of the second wild card spot, which, you know, is another encouraging sign that they really could make the playoffs. And they have a couple of options now that you make the playoffs. I was really concerned about them making the playoffs. I said it last episode, I didn't think they were going to win the division. I thought their best chance was to give you the wild card. But the division's now up for grabs again. And, you know, the Red Sox didn't really make any moves of the deadline, which I was surprised about. The Rays made some big acquisitions, so that's going to be tough. But, you know. Wait, the I, Yankees are five games behind Boston. I didn't I didn't think the Red Sox were going to maintain like they have so far, but they're starting to slip now. And I don't really think that's much of a surprise. I didn't think Boston was that good to maintain what they were doing all season. But, you know, the Rays are the real threat as well, so. There's a lot of opportunities still to go play Boston again next week as well. So. And Toronto's only a game behind you right now. So you Toronto also made some moves at the deadline, too, to get some players. So And they didn't – yeah, they did make some moves. It's going to be a dogfight. I know at least the Yankees will have to see Boston again next week. So they have another chance to get gain some games on them. Um, I don't know if they play Tampa again this year. I would assume so. Looking at the schedule. Doesn't look like they're playing Tampa again this season. But they have at least six more games against Boston. And they're going to play the Blue Jays a few more times as well. So, you know, you can at least get out of the Blue Jays and then, you know, really chop down on uh, Boston more. And hopefully, you know... Get into. I'd like to see them win the division. I think that's well. The Yankees, the Yankees shot, made so. some good moves for sure at the trade deadline. They definitely were winners. They made some big, some big plays to get some much needed uh, left hand help in that lineup. And, and that uh, lineup, when that lineup gets hot, it's pretty scary. It's pretty deep. And on top of it too, it was filling positions that they really struggled in. You know, first base because of all the injuries with Luke Voigt being out all year, they were getting no productivity out of first base. Outfield was struggling a little bit with having to throw Gardner out there. I think they're still going to have to throw Gardner out there almost every day. But, you know, it could at least get more production out of the three outfielders. With Clint Frazier now, too, you can put Clint, put uh, Gallo out there and get more production from left field as well. So, you know, getting more consistent uh, production from the bats. Um, still need Glaber to start to pick it up a little bit more. LeMahieu needs to pick it up a little bit more. Same with Stanton. So, you know, the Baskins start to get a little bit hotter. The Yankees are the dangerous team we thought they'd be in the beginning of the year. But, you know, don't let the Yankees well, right get now, hot. 
They have the Orioles tonight. Then they got the Mariners, who not a great team. They should. Eh. That's still not a bad team. Not a bad team though. They're they, one of the teams out there in the wild cards. So but they got they got Kansas City. They got they probably got to sweep that. And then they got the White Sox, which is going to be a tough matchup for them. They played well against the White Make-up Sox. Make up game against the Angels, and then home against the Sox, which again will be a huge series. That's going to be a big series for them. So, you know, it's amazing how a few days can turn around a season after they left Boston over a week ago. We all thought the season was over, but they rebounded nicely with a series win in Tampa, which they needed, and then swept the Marlins and then made the two acquisitions for Gallo and Rizzo, which have been huge. And, you know, Yankees are going to struggle over the next couple weeks because now we're having more COVID issues with Garrett Cole testing positive and same with Jordan Montgomery. So, we're gonna have a makeshift starring rotation out there for the yeah, next couple I mean, of weeks, but hopefully Cole's back soon. And same with Montgomery's. I believe they were both vaccinated, so you know they can well, come Miguel back. Well, Miguel Castro a lot came quicker. back negative for the Mets, which was good because they need to get some wins right now. They yeah, have, they have Miami tonight. Then they're they go to Philly. And that's obviously a, the Mets, a monster series for the Mets in Philly. The other problem, too, the Mets then go to Washington. Well, they're home against Washington. Go, then you go uh, on a then, West Coast swing, and you're in deep trouble in that well, West Coast swing. We, home against the Dodgers, and then we go to San Francisco. Yeah, then and then San Francisco, you, L.A. And then you go to the Dodgers, and then you go and get to San Francisco after that. That's, yes. that's a tough two-week stretch no, right yeah, there. They'll, they'll, that's the two of the best. Their teams pitching's in the really going to step up, and they're going to have to get the bats hot. They're going to have to start hitting. Conforto's going to have to start hitting. Baez, have to, Baez leads the National League in strikeouts this year, so he needs to start hitting. Uh, I mean, they need production all around. I mean, their bats have been struggling as a unit. Uh, I mean, Alon- Alonzo's been crushing some balls, but. Are you hitting the panic button yet as a Mets fan? Yes, uh, the panic button has been hit. With the last six games and how they've played and how they've pitched. They and, haven't pitched well and they haven't hit well. They have so much volatility in that starting rotation. And too. on top of that, too, like on a series against the Marlins like this, they should be playing better. They than shouldn't they lose are. the first they two games of that losing. series. No, you're right. You're right. That's a prime opportunity to get a couple wins in there, and you didn't do that. But hey, the I Philly want... series is really going to define what position you guys are in. Because if they walk out of that series and go play the Dodgers and Giants for two straight series without the National League East lead. It's not good. Not good at all. I do want to talk about a playoff team that just made some moves. I, I want to get your take on the moves. Okay. So the New York Knicks. <laughs> a playoff team. Yes. Playoff team. They just re-signed Nerlens Noel, D. Rose. Two big players for them. Two starters. Two players they needed to re-sign. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy about those. Reggie Bullock goes to the Mavs. Uh, someone I would like to kept, but I'm I'm okay losing. And the the Knicks recently just picked up Kemba Walker and Evan uh, and Evan Fournier, Fournier as well. Yeah. I'm happy so, about it. I don't know about you. I'm happy, but I'm not thrilled. Like they made some good. Yes, like they're definitely improved. And under Tibbs, this is a team definitely going to make. I can definitely see making the playoffs again. Even becoming a second round team, but I don't see them I don't see them winning the East. You can't tell me they're better than Milwaukee. You can't tell me but they're better than Brooklyn. 
It's a so step. Th- this is like just. It's a step. It's just. It's, it's a not, step in the right direction. It's like one tiny step in the right direction. Zach, remember, this is a marathon, not a sprint. They're not going to turn it around overnight. It's another stepping stone towards getting better. The big steps, obviously, I get. You're thinking more big steps are going to be taken because of the big steps they took. In well, you want someone going like back Damian to the Lillard, playoffs. There's obviously rumors swirling around that he wants out of Portland. With them making this move to Kemba, I think they realize they're not going to get the Dame move because he wants to stay in Portland. But if it really was not going to work out in Portland, he was going to want to come the next. But I think he really wanted to work out in Portland with the Trailblazers and with Portland. And well, what about look at the Lakers right now? Look at the Lakers. Yeah, but Westbrook Mellow. When you get one, that, star that team out there. is so old, though. I saw a stat; they're going to be the oldest uh, team in the NBA next year. One of the oldest teams in NBA history, actually. We'll see what happens with them, but so they're going to have know. to obviously focus on the load management during the regular season. But see, this is one other thing you're not thinking of with Kemba coming to the Knicks as well as. Yeah, it's an upgrade at point guard, and it's good, but it's also a going to help monitor the workload for everybody because Julius Randle is doing for, a lot on for the court. D Rose. Yeah, but no, I mean, D even, Rose is obviously an older even player. Even Randle had to basically dribble the ball off the court himself and run the offense. Now they have a true point guard. You can take the load off of Randle in that sense. And R- RJ has everything. to take the, another leap this year too. But it also works as I think you can balance both Derrick Rose and Kemba Walker as well. Kevin's gonna. Kemba's going to probably play 30 minutes a game. Rose is going to play another 20. So you can manage to help do some low management with both of them, which both of them need, and they can what balance about each Obi? other out. Where do you think Obi fits in this team now? It's a solid bench. Same with Quickly, yeah. Same with Quickly, same with Rose Quickly. Obi coming off the bench like that, that's a good I'm happy about Noel. As well. I'm happy that really happy that well. Nerlens Noel played very well uh, late in last. Late season last year, but I think the Knicks had. If a, he stays healthy, he can. He's he's a quality center. He he blocks the ball. He the good rebounder. He's not gonna. He's not one who's gonna put up a ton of points, but but he's a solid defender and fits well in Tibbs' system. I think that's where the Knicks also thrived last year. Is that they played good they were team a very ball, deep team, and they, they were good, they team, good ball. team ball. And now you've made the team better, but still kept that depth as well. You upgraded the the point guard position. You upgraded. With Evan Fournier as well, so I think it's again, it's not. It's an upgrade, a, but it's there's... not a championship-winning move. But the Knicks aren't in that spot yet where we're going to compete for championships. We're just going to have to keep taking steps forward to where they can get to that point. There's not at that point yet, but I'm worried about the Nets as a Knicks fan. If well, the Nets stay healthy, and you get, especially if James Harden actually works out over the offseason, doesn't come in out of shape. Think yeah, about it. he was he was a triple double machine and he was so out of shape last year. Yes, triple double but, machine. But he this, was playing at these MVP moves, caliber level. These moves are set towards us getting to that point one day where we're gonna have our own big you're gonna three. You're gonna be you're gonna be in like the, the Milwaukee but Milwaukee doesn't have a big three and they just won an NBA title. They just have that one superstar and a bunch of almost superstar close to all star level. But we're getting to a point where the Knicks are going to start becoming an attractive destination for a superstar to come. Yeah, because Julius Randle is a star, but he's not a superstar. No, not yet. And Kemba's going to maybe take over that number one star, but it's not obviously the championship-winning move. But 
it's a move that's going to help them compete and, you know, eventually get to that point and help, again, take steps forward to becoming a championship contender. It's not there yet, but it's a step in the right direction. And it's another uh, step in the marathon because it's not a sprint, Zach. It is not a sprint. Yeah, but as a Nick fan, I almost want them to start sprinting. It's been so long since the Knicks were competing for an NBA championship. The, I get the rebuild took a huge step forward with not only making the playoffs for the first time in how many years, but also getting home court advantage. But again, it's got to almost come back down to reality a little more of they're a good team and they're going to be a playoff team, but they're not at that championship level yet. And they're, they're, not, they're, they're still steps. not close. They're not close, but that's what I'm saying. We got to come back down to reality. Last year was fun, but we got to get back to reality. They're not close to that NBA championship yet. And being that NBA championship winning team, but you know, they're continuing to take moves in the right direction to get to that point. And this is just another move in that right direction. Yeah. No, I, it look, Kemp is a good player. Point is a good player. Obviously I'm a big fan of Noel and what D Rose did for the Knicks down the stretch last year. D Rose obviously is a former MVP. And but, Kemba has had really good days of basketball as well. I think the thing for the Knicks, the key for the Knicks with based on the roster right now is to see if RJ Barrett can take another leap. RJ Barrett's gonna literally be the most important player for the Knicks. He is the next most year, important player for needs, the Knicks. They need a third star behind now Kemba and Julius Randle to help. Kemba coming here is make good take some workload off of Julius Randle, but they need they can't rely on Kemba every night as well. They need RJ Barrett to really step up, and you know you can't rely on Derrick Rose to be that third guy either. So RJ Barrett's gonna definitely be the most important player going into the season next year, and hopefully he takes some more steps forward. But yeah, I think again the Knicks I think could be another fourth place seed, and uh, maybe even compete to go to. Eastern Conference Finals, depending how they match up with the other teams. But, you know, I All think right. steps in the right direction. I want to talk about another another playoff team. Well, well playoff, playoff we'll stop talk about if team, the Eagles didn't shut down. We'll talk about a team, a team that's, that's going to make – It's going to win the NFC East. Another team that's taking steps in the right direction if they towards a rebuild. If they don't stop fighting in practice. Well, see, I'm not that concerned about that. I almost see that as a positive. Because that means that there's a lot of intensity in practice. There's a lot of great in practice. And let's be realistic. Training camp practice fights happen all the time between teams. And hey, I just saw a video today of a similar fight that broke out in 2015 in Carolina with uh, Cam Newton and Josh Norman. Guess it, what Carolina did that year? And went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And you know what? It's going to be is, – Is that foreshadowing? <laughs> Well, Are the Giants going to be the Super Bowl? <laughs> well, I also we think you're going to gonna see, I think this is really going to define Judge's tenure in New York, too, is how are the Giants going to respond? Because if everyone read on Twitter yesterday, Judge was livid after that happened and made them run sprints, made them do push-ups. He cursed out the entire team afterward. And how are the Giants going to respond to that? Are they going to you know what? I'll tell you what have thing. this problem or are they going to actually respond and – one thing I take away from that fight, too, is Daniel Jones is a tough-ass guy. He was at the bottom of that pile getting dirty, and I bet his teammates are giving him some respect right now. Well, you got to find the balance. 
because yes, I like Jones being that. But you also team don't want your guy, starting quarterback, but starting quarterback yeah, getting hurt. You're starting in quarterbacks at the bottom of a pile between a mid-team fight. If Jones gets hurt there, all hell breaks loose. And well, if Kenny Galladay gets hurt too, do you see the video of him well, limping? Galladay we'll get into, but no, I like I like and I don't like the move. I think Jones. Took too much of being no, a team I respect guy. No, I, I respect like them. it. I like I mean, it, he but didn't get hurt I think he day. needs to pull the reins back a little bit and know that he is the starting quarterback and that there maybe is a little bit more special treatment for him. And it's okay for him not to be involved in that. But I think overall, though, I'm not concerned about a Giants fight in practice between the team. And I think based on what Joe Judge did yesterday, they're going to respond well and, you know, it shows the high intensity of the practices and how they can respond to intense games as well. And if you look at their training camp schedule too, they're going to get a lot more experience with this too because they're going to have joint practices with the Browns and the Patriots this training camp. So the Giants, I think, are going to be very well prepared for high intense games for the season, which I think is what you need, especially in a young team like this. So I'm, I'm definitely excited. I think it's a – very positive thing as long as the team responds well to judge's reaction to how he handled the fight and that the team continues with that high intensity but obviously knows how to limit themselves a little bit more so if you're joe judge do you think do you play saquon week one or do you think saquon's gonna be ready week one i think so i don't think you if we, i think week one with or without saquon you've got to beat denver at home Oh, you still can certainly beat Which Denver at home without Saquon, but as the quarterback, you Saquon's gonna be ready by week one. I think he will. It's just a matter of how much work he's gonna have. I don't think obviously you gotta win that game. There's no you way gotta he, win that game. There's obviously no way he does any preseason snaps. And then because, but he'll probably after get some that good game, training camp you go to reps. Washington Thursday night game in Washington. That is going to be a huge be, game for Saquon the Saquon will be ready by that point. Just well, if he's not ready much, on – It's just a matter of how much training look, camp reps he'll get well, before the season, the season starts, starts Sunday, September 12th, right? That's At, late, too, for a season start, in my opinion. And then four days later, they have another game. So if he doesn't play week one, he's going to be ready four days later. I think he's going to be ready by week one. I'm not concerned about him being – So I'm just saying, if he, makes, if he misses week one, he'll probably miss week two. I just hope he's going to be Which is the week two is obviously a huge game for the because Giants. Because – He's rehabbing right now. Is he going to be in sync with the rest of the offense with probably the limited reps he's going to have in training camp towards the end of training camp? That's where I think my concern is. But I think he's going to be ready. It's just a matter of is Saquon going to be informed by week one? Yeah, you're right. Uh... So, oh no, I think. Joe Judge's tenure and Joe Judge's tone is being set, and I think there's a lot of excitement in there. And, you know, as long as the Giants' players respond well to what happened yesterday and continue to respond well to what's going to happen in training camp with even more intensity with the joint practices, I think you're setting up well. Even if the Giants don't make the playoffs this year, I think you're going to set up well to know you have the right guy in place to be able to lead this franchise back to glory days. And, you know, he's learned from two of the best coaches in football. No, you're right. They just need to stay healthy. They've had some bad injuries the last couple of years. Um, but, yeah, I think 
if this Giants team can stay healthy, I think they can definitely win the division. Yeah. And they have they have I mean, there's two great defenses in that division. Obviously, Washington has a great defense. Uh, but their defense last year played incredible. They have some great players in that defense, and they're bringing them back. They have a good secondary. Uh, I love Bradbury. I love Logan Ryan. I think there's a two good players back in that secondary. And obviously, Blake Martinez had a huge year, and Big Cat had a big year. So, Leonard Williams also had a big year. Yeah, Leonard Williams. Cat. Um, but I think, too, the Giants offense needs to stay healthy. You need a healthy Saquon out there. Galladay, I think we dodged a bullet with Galladay. Obviously, he left practice yesterday, but they think worst-case scenario was avoided. And I thought I read he's going to be day-to-day, possibly, with a hamstring. But, you know, as long as they get Galladay out there, Cadrius Tony plays as well, I think we're going to be okay. And, you know, as long as Jones then takes the steps forward, which early reports are, he's doing everything that he should be doing to help make sure he's the guy and that he proves mm-hmm. he's the guy. Yeah, it is going to come down to Jones. I think it's all going to come down to Jones. And as long as Jones can be protected as well, that's what's going to determine if the Giants make the playoffs or not. No, the NFC East is going to be a fun division to watch this year because it's pretty wide open. The only I team, mean, outside of Philly, who I, was gonna say, I don't see making a run, I could see any of the three teams winning. I think the Cowboys are a little overrated. I'm not going to lie. The Cowboys are always overrated. <laughs> every year, every year, every year in August, people are like, oh, the Cowboys are going to Super Bowl. Cowboys are going to Super Bowl. They ended up like 7-9 and nine every year or 6-10. and 10. I'm sick of hearing it. Their defense is atrocious. Atrocious. They made some – they basically spent all their draft picks, if not all their draft picks, on the defensive side of the ball, but – their linebacker core was just so atrocious. Uh, if they can, if Vander Esch can stay healthy, and they got uh, Mika Parsons from Penn State, who's arguably one of the best defensive players, who is arguably one of the best defensive players in this year's draft class. If if that linebacker core has to get better, unless they yeah, can't but win is games one player gets, is that one player really going to turn around that god awful defense? I don't. I mean, that defense was so bad. I think Washington's really the team you got to worry about next and year. And Dax, now uh, he's got a shoulder injury playing in him, too. So, yeah, Dax is a little bit of a question will, mark as well. So. Yeah, interesting how it'll play out. And he's coming off that injury last the, year. The Washington's going to be the team to really watch and be the threat in the division this year. Yeah, I'm curious to see how with uh, Fitzpatrick. Their offense will play because you know their defense is stellar. Yeah, but that was their weak point last year was the quarterback position. So we'll see what happens, Zach. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think we'll see what a lot to play out both for the upcoming seasons and for the rest of the baseball season. But I think that's all the time we have. How about, what do you say? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, everyone, thank you for tuning in. Appreciate the listens. Yeah, appreciate the listens as always, guys. Um, again, if you're not following us on social media, right, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Jersey Turnpike Boys Podcasts. Um, and we'll see you guys next time.